what is the difference between being thankful and having a heart of gratitude? What is the difference between being thankful and having a heart of gratitude? Well, I went to Mr. Webster's dictionary and looked up the two terms. I'm going to try and find them on my phone real quick. I think I marked them, but I didn't. To be thankful is to have an attitude of gratitude, but to have gratitude in your heart is to speak that thankfulness, to actually verbalize your thankfulness shows your gratitude to someone or something that's happened. I know we've just finished, kind of, finished the Thanksgiving season. We really didn't have a Thanksgiving message uh, here. I just wanted to throw a couple of thoughts out on that before I actually get into the the meat, if you will, of my lesson this morning. Um, The history of Thanksgiving started with a little group of colonial people, expanded to a bigger group, and in, uh, under Abraham Lincoln's administration as president of the United States, it became a national holiday. Um, kind of the history of where it went, and it's kind of exploded from there into uh, parades and football games and family feasts and all of that fun stuff. I thought about some of the traditions that go on with Thanksgiving, good and bad. I got a little bit of ring in my ear, Chris, if you can take that out. Um, Some of the traditions that happen, again, getting together with family, always important, sometimes not easy. Um, Eating too much, which is never, never fun, but it's a lot of fun when you're doing it. Those late afternoon naps while the lions are getting whooped. Didn't really happen this year. They didn't get whooped. They got beat. And I didn't get, eh, yeah, I did. I got a nap. Right, Brenda? While they were playing games, I uh, dozed, I think, during halftime. Um, we thought we were going to have a new tradition this year. We went to uh, Chicago to celebrate with Elisa and her family. As many of you know, Elisa is expecting our 13th grandchild last week, and they're doing home birth. We weren't sure what we were in for on Thanksgiving Day. We were hoping it wasn't that, and it wasn't. For those who have asked already this morning, we still do not have our 13th grandchild. Um, They're they're making it through another day, another week, day by day, until, uh, until that grandchild is born, but everyone is healthy. She had a doctor's appointment this last week. Everything is good there. One tradition that, uh, that I hope we don't repeat, uh, Brussels sprouts. We, uh, we ordered, the last few years, we've ordered our Christmas, our Christmas, our Thanksgiving meal, uh, we've ordered it here from um, St- uh, Schuler's in Marshall. Uh, obviously, this year we couldn't take it from Schuler's to Chicago and have it edible. So we ordered it from a, ho- from a hospital, yeah, it should have been a hospital from a hotel in Chicago, and one of the main things that they had on their menu was Brussels sprouts. How many people like Brussels sprouts? 
what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I think I was the only one who didn't eat any. Elisa's family is very into these weird vegetables, and that's, in my estimation, that's a weird vegetable. They love them. Brenda ate one. I did not. I'm sure that if we order and have from them again, it will be part of our family tradition for Grandpa not to eat Brussels sprouts at Thanksgiving. I also didn't have pie on Thanksgiving, which is unheard of for me, but there was enough left the next morning. That was my breakfast. So, on with, on with, the, with the lesson. It's so easy during this time of year for us to be a thankful people. What about the other 11 months and 30 days that we have? What about in February when you got that foot of snow on the ground? Kids, what about late August, early September when it's time to go back to school? What about when you lose your job? What about when you get passed over for that promotion that you were so qualified for? What about tomorrow morning? We all got to get up and go back to work. Are we thankful at those times? Well, we should be. We should be. I, and I don't see him in here right now. Did he leave again? Oh, he's he's not sitting in his normal spot. Matthew, you're not sitting in your normal spot. I lost you. I asked Matt to pray this morning for a specific reason. I know Matt prayed last week. I love to hear Matt Lawson being grateful to the Lord for what he gives us. How many people can tell me the two things that Matt always thanks the Lord for at the beginning of his prayer? Another day and another breath. And that ain't made up. I know Matt. That's not made up. That's how, that's how Matt's heart works. That's how our, all of our hearts should work. We should be thankful for every breath that he gives us. I've used this before, and I'm going to try and relate it as well as I can remember it. Several years ago, our kids were still in high school at the time, maybe even junior high. Pastor Don had uh, Tom Harmon come in and speak to them at an overnight. Is there anybody here that remembers that? Michael? Do you remember that at the Y Center? Would that have been before your time? Do you remember that, Matt? Came in, and he tells a story. He and another gentleman were um, out to eat, and they excused themselves uh, to go use the restroom. And on the way out of the bathroom, the gentleman that he was walking with verbally said, Thank you, Lord. Tom said, I looked at him, and what in the world? Thank you, Lord. We were in the bathroom. He goes, yeah, and everything worked. <laughs> everything worked. That's how thankful we need to be. That, may be. that may sound trite. That may sound funny. It is funny. But that's how thankful we need to be. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, 
And this is not part of my lesson yet. We're not there. But 1 Thessalonians 15, 5, 15 through 18 says, See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances, good or bad. It's easy, it's easy to say thank you when everything's good. But be ready, be prepared to give thanks in all circumstances. Can you think, I've already named one, can you think of other people in your life who are thankful people? I know that they've seen this message, so I don't think I'm going to embarrass the next person that I recognize. I didn't ask permission, but I should have. When you're... When you think of someone who's thankful, I, I didn't think of this until it happens basically every day in my life. We go out to eat. No, we don't eat at home. We go out to eat almost every night. And as we walk out of the restaurant, Brenda will say to me, thank you for dinner. I never really thought of that until I started studying for this lesson. That's a grateful heart. Now, we're going to have dinner one way or the other. And I'm going to pay the bill one way or the other. But to hear her say that, and I've really thought about it lately when she says it, it means a lot more because it's coming from a grateful heart. The other side of the question has a lot more responses, I'm sure. You can think of people in your life who are not thankful, who are not grateful. The biggest one I usually think about is myself. I just tend to make things, things happen, they go. I've been trying to become more thankful, more grateful for things that go on in my life every day. Um, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. One other thing that came to mind, actually it came from a, came part of this came from a message from Andy Stanley, so I'll give him credit there. Part of this message came from a message from Charles Stanley, so we'll give credit there. Uh, remember back to when we were kids. Some of you can remember this pretty well. You'd be at Christmas, you'd be at a birthday party, Grandma and grandpa, aunts or uncles, give you a gift. You open it. You sit there like a bump on a log. What's the first thing your mom or dad says to you? Say thank you. Or what do you say? What do you say to grandma? We shouldn't need to be reminded. That's a pretty simple one. But we do what we do. So the big question that I've got as I actually get into the meat of this, what is your attitude? 
do you have an attitude of gratitude? Or are you stuck somewhere out there between, eh, I don't care, and they already know it? If you would, open your Bibles, please, to the book of Luke in chapter 17. This might not be one that you uh, normally would refer to or think of as a message of gratitude. We're going to start with verse 11. I'm reading out of the uh, ESV. Later I'm going to read a little bit, do a little bit of it out of the message. I'm just going to read through this first and then we'll break it down as we, as we go. Beginning with verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted their voice, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise except you, a foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Don't usually think of this as a gratitude message or a thankfulness message. Usually it comes out like the question was asked there. Where are the other nine? Those ungrateful other nine, where are they? Well, as we look at this story, I'm going to bring this one up on my phone because that's the only place I have the message. Beginning in verse 11, it says, And it happened that he made his way toward Jerusalem, and he crossed the border between Samaria and Galilee. To me, that's kind of another needs-go-through-Samaria moment in Jesus' life. His father told him, you need to be there. Number one, he's walking along this path that is basically in the middle of the wilderness. Number one, why is he there? Why, why, why be there? Well, it was because that's where the Lord had appointed him to be. And then again, in the message it says, he crossed over the border into, into Samaria, into a village where there were ten men. And these ten men were lepers. The interesting thing about these ten men, some of them were Samaritans, some of them were of Jewish descent, which in that time in societal places was not accepted. You did not intermingle 
the Jewish people, and the Samaritans. But because of their leprosy, their economic standings, their uh, need for community, they threw all of that aside. These were Samaritans and Jewish folk in one village. There were 10 men, all with leprosy. And if we know anything about leprosy, which you may or may not, it is a skin disease, but it also, you, you feel no pain. If you are a leper, you feel no pain. So some of these folks, because of, again, because of the economy and the uh, area where they live, they had to work hard for, for their living. Uh, they would be gardeners, they would be farmers, they would be shepherds. Uh, they would do whatever they could do and not be around other people and earn money. So they might get hurt and not know that they were injured because they didn't feel the pain. But they were, they were a community of themselves. And as we've heard, I mean, you've probably heard for years and years, when a leper, or when a, when a I'll say a normal person, when a normal person approaches a leper, the lepers were to, were to say, stand back, stand back, we're lepers, we're lepers. And you would stay away from those people. Well, these people, as they saw Jesus approaching, they called out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus didn't turn away. They were bold enough to call on Jesus, and he did not turn away from them. He said, go, which is what they were used to hearing, go away. But he told them to go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, what's the significance there? Well, in order for a leper to re-enter the normal community, they had to go and show themselves as having been cleansed to the priest so that he could give them permission to re-enter society. So he told them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they noticed their hands. They would look at each other and their ears were healing. The sores were going away. They were cleansed of their leprosy. Here's where the attitude of gratitude and thankfulness differential come in. Again, in verse 15, it says, Then one of them, one of them, when he saw that he was being healed, he turned back. And I want to take that as a positive. I don't want to take the negative of the other nine. I want to take the positive of this one individual who decided, I need to go back. I need to go back and give praise to the Lord. So as he did, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet and gave him thanks. He had a heart 
an attitude of gratitude. He turned around, made the effort to go back and see the man who had healed him and give him praise. There was no social distancing necessary. He didn't didn't even think about stopping a mile away and yelling out, praise the Lord. He didn't think about stopping 100 yards away and doing the same. He ran to Jesus' feet and fell at Jesus' feet and praised the Lord. Now here's another interesting point. He wasn't of Jewish descent. He was a Samaritan. Again, something that you don't expect, something that you don't hear of very often. Obviously, the woman at the well was a Samaritan. This is a Samaritan giving praise and thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ for the healing that he had supplied for him. Now, Jesus does go into the question time. Where are the other nine? Weren't there ten? Was no one else found to come and give praise except you who happened to be a foreigner? Now, what do, you, what do you think about the other nine? Were the other nine just, eh, it was going to happen anyway? Now, I think this is where we separate thankfulness and gratitude. They were thankful that they had been healed. They went on to see the priest. They were either going to be thought of as idiots or as as great people of faith when they saw him because they didn't know whether or not they were going to be healed by the time they got there. They had the faith in what Christ had told them, you will be healed. They presented themselves to the priests as healed people, but they did not have the heart of gratitude to come back. Again, they were thankful. They got to go back to work. They got to go back to their families. They got to go back to society. But the one man, the one Samaritan man, came back and showed his gratitude to the Lord for what he had done to him, what he had done for him. And then Christ goes on and he says, Rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you whole or has made you well. Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. He not only healed him of his disease, he saved this man. This man's faith saved him And he was able to go on. So the question again comes back to, are you thankful or are you grateful? Are you thankful or are you grateful? I think everybody here is thankful. I think we can, if I ask ask for a show of hands, I'd get, 127 hands go in the air and say, yep, I'm thankful today. How many of you can honestly say 
that you're grateful? How many of you would express your gratitude to someone, to the Lord today, over what he's done for you or what, they, what another person has done for you? It's a challenge. It's a challenge to have a heart of gratitude. It's easy to be thankful. I don't see anybody in this room that I don't think is a thankful person. But I think we need to work on the gratitude side. We sometimes take that way, we take that for granted, taking gratitude for granted. Just something to think we need to look at. In closing, like I said, I've been reading a book called Until Unity. Uh, John Fund used this as part of his message a couple weeks ago. I think Pastor Preston referred to this book a couple of weeks ago in his message. Funny thing is, John was telling me the story of how he got the book. It came off a junk heap. Uh, some of you will remember Peter Pollitt. Peter works for a uh, mass, I'll say mass destruction company. They, are a, uh, they, they, they take a bunch of stuff in and they, they recycle it. A box, a crate of these books came to his business and he called John because he knows John likes to read Francis Chan. And he says, hey, I've got this book. You ever heard of it? Nope. I can get one for you for free. So he got it, and he's been passing it around. Did you get a chance to read any of it, Preston? I think, I've still, I think he gave it to me, and I've got to pass it on after this. Um, like I said, I, like I told, like I said my last time I spoke, I'm not a big reader but I like Francis Chan a lot, and uh, getting an opportunity to read this book. I'm, I'm just barely into it. I'm into chapter two after two weeks of reading it, three weeks of reading it. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna use this as my, as my uh, excuse. On page 13, it says, put this book down and worship him. So I'm just, I, I put the book down a lot and worship him. Um, I'm using that as an excuse. But, um, yeah, like I said, John, John gave us this book. Um, I am in, like I said, I'm in chapter 2. Before you really get to the meat of the book in the introduction, uh, I just want to read you a couple of, of uh, lines from the book. Kids, this will help you give your answers on your pages. It's the first part of, the, it's the first part of your page at the end of the lesson. Hint, hint. It says, and I'm going to start there. It says, uh, put this book down and worship him. You are breathing now because God is giving you breath. Use your next breath for its intended purpose, to bless God. We can't start our days without praise. 
We are commanded to rejoice rejoice in him always. There is nothing you have to do today that is more important than worshiping him. And then Francis just adds this. If I'm not wise enough to start my day, why should anybody listen to what I have to say? We should start our day with praise to the Lord. A couple of verses that he, that he points out here is one that both Andy and Charles Stanley used in their sermons. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Psalm 103.1 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I'm not going to sing it, because you'd all leave. I love that song. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And then also in the book of Psalm, I was reading my devotions one day after I was starting this. Psalm 145, verses 1 to 3. It says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. How many of you can say that this morning? How many of you want to start saying that every day? I know since I've been studying this lesson, or for this lesson, it's become easier because we make it, if you make it a point to do it, it'll happen. If you just do it by happenstance, you're going to forget the blessings that God has given you. And you're going to forget to be grateful for what he has given you. So I'd recommend this book if I ever finish it. And I will. Yes, John, I will. I promise. When do you want it back? You have finished it, so just whoever it goes to next. Um, But develop that gratitude attitude or that attitude of gratitude, however, whichever way you want to put those two words in order. Develop it in your life. It'll make every day so much better.